are here to discuss number 60 in our countdown of the best picture winners from worst to best. What are we talking about today? Today we're talking about Argo. Right. What's what's your history with Argo? I have seen it before. Okay. So I knew the movie and I don't think I saw it in the theaters, but I saw it streaming at some point. It's been a few yeah. years, but it hasn't been that long, I don't think. Okay, well, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I saw what it. What year it is it? It's 2012, so it's only 10 years old. 2012, yeah. It's the third most recent movie we've talked about. Okay. Well, it's the most recent movie we've talked about individually. Two that came off in the uh, 80s, right? Yeah, earlier in the list, on the on our mega episode, The Shape of Water and The Green Book. Right. So, yeah, and I, I saw it in the, I think I've seen it, I saw it twice in the theaters, and I haven't seen it since. So, I uh, I want to say I saw it with your daughter. Okay, because let's when which, which daughter? Lindsay. Lindsay. I, be, I know I saw it when I was out on the East Coast, and I took a ride up to Rochester, Okay. And I, I, I definitely saw Lindsay on that trip, and I believe that when we went to the movie, it was Lindsay, me, Terry, and Rick. Okay. Uh, Terry is our niece. Yes. Our, the second daughter of our other sibling. Greg is her husband. Yes, and Greg is her husband, mm-hmm. boyfriend at the time. Mm-hmm. Greg's going to join us for Amadeus. Yes. Are we allowed we to get say to that? that? <laughs> uh, we'll probably have some guest appearances. I mean, it depends on the talents we'll have. Us. We're not going to know and we'll be able to give them a lot of advance notice when the movie comes up. But if they're available, they're available. And if not, if not they can listen. <laughs> yeah, so, but at the time they were on college in Rochester. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so I believe I saw it with, with Terry and, and Lindsay, but. And then mom wanted, or mom wanted to see it when I got back, so I went again with her. Okay, so this is your yeah. third time. Okay. Yeah. And we're going to talk about the entire movie, so this is your spoiler alert. If you haven't seen the movie yet, then all I have to say for you is Argo, watch it yourself. <laughs> Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's really good. Uh, thank you. <laughs> I was trying to figure out how to work in that line without getting yes. the explicit tag. But mm-hmm. That's right. Yes. Very good. Uh, so, you know, as I said, this is number 60. So the list we're using is just an aggregate list, uh, not an official list, just for fun. Uh, there's more information on it in our trailer and in the... Um, Description. This is a 2012 movie that is set in 1980, 79 to 80. Mm-hmm. Most of the action takes place in 1980. Of the movies we've discussed, how many are period pieces are set in the past? jeez. Oh, are set in the past? Yes. Well, not Mrs. Miniver. That was right. pretty contemporary. Yes, I would count that as contemporary... Um, it, to its time. The, yeah, Dunkirk happened, I think, a year before the movie, but it's mm-hmm. it's about current events. So right, it's about current events. That. So definitely The Last Emperor. That was right. a period piece. Yes. My Fair Lady. Yep. Chicago. Yep. I should have a list of what we've talked about. 
Wings? Wings was a period. It was, yeah. it was, well, it was 1927. Yeah. So I guess it was like 10 years past. That's period piece. Yeah. Okay. 10 years counts. King's 10 speech. years is like nothing. <laughs> yes. The King's speech definitely, there, wow, a yeah. lot of period pieces. Mm -hmm. A Man yeah. for All Seasons. Definitely a Hamlet. period piece. Yes. Yes, and what did we talk about last week? Last week. <laughs> okay, don't 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 give me a hint. Oh, you're gonna have to give me a hint. What did we talk it was about? Was a western. Oh, we, uh, dances with wolves. Yeah, that was a period piece. Yeah. So yeah. lots of period pieces winning Oscars. In fact, Always. Every time after I see dances the, with wolves, I just go to the dances. bottom twenty-five. Um, most of those are period pieces. I'm not going to have you go through all 25 of them. But a, an interesting fact I found was Argo, 1980, the, the time period we're dealing with, is the third most recent on the list so far. As far as the periods that it's dealing with? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, because right. uh, the you... only thing... Um, the the Terms of Endearment is going to call it contemporary because it doesn't stay the time period, so I'll call right. that 1983, and Crash in 2005 are the only ones that take place after 1980. So are you, are you including then even the non-period pieces? Yeah, because all okay. the other non-period pieces were from the right. 60s and the 40s and okay. before that. Uh, all the... All the recent ones we've yeah. seen. Okay. Yeah, because the of the five that came out in the eighties, they're all period pieces except for Terms of Endearment. All four from the nineties were period pieces. And yeah. uh, and then from the twenty tens, there's this one, uh, Green Book and The Shape of Water both take place in nineteen sixty two. Oh, okay. So this is our, our third most, most recent. recent time period. Okay. And it's our third most recent movie as far as when it was released. Okay. So and this was released in 2012, uh, just two years after the King's Speech, which um, we talked about two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. A lot of great movies in 2010. Yes. And so if you remember how I went through that list of nominees just gushing, um... This year's list, let's just get through it. <laughs> <laughs> so we have nine nominees this year. Okay. Um, so aside from Argo, there's Amour. Ever I've, heard of it? No. Yeah, it's a French movie. It was very surprising, I think, to get on the uh, nominations list. It's a, a very serious drama of about end of end of life issues elderly couple, one of them has uh, late stages of dementia. I don't remember if it's Alzheimer's or not, but it's mm -hmm. a very intense movie. Beasts of the Southern Wild. No. Not yeah. That's an interesting movie about a nine-year-old girl um, who lives out in the bayou and she kind of concocts her own kind of fantasy world. So it's very... Has a lot of very fantastic visuals while being in a very impoverished environment. Okay, is it worth yeah. seeing? Uh, I think so. It's one of those that I just like. I admire what it's doing. It just didn't really connect with me. So, 
Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if it's... Uh, I haven't seen it recently enough to say if it's a vital problem with the movie itself or if I just wasn't in the right mood for it. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, All three times? Or, or you just I've watched just seen one. it once. Okay. Uh, Django Unchained. Oh, I saw that one. Yeah. Accidentally. No, maybe it was purposely. You saw it because uh, one of your kids rented it on Prime. It and, was accidentally. Yes. That's yeah. right. That's right. I, it came up. It's probably Lindsay. But anyway, one of them rented it online and it popped up on my account that, oh, you have this movie. So we thought, okay, we'll watch this movie. And wow. Well, you've said before you don't like violent movies. Yes. Would you consider this movie violent? <laughs> yes, I would. This is. And yet we watched it all the way through to the end. Okay, yeah. Yeah. It's a, but was that your only Quentin Tarantino movie? Maybe. Oh, I yeah. wouldn't, yeah. You, you wouldn't have seen Pulp Fiction, right? No. That's violent. Is that a Best Picture winner? No. Okay. No, Quentin Tarantino's has never won Best Picture. Okay. Yes, yeah, so I did see Django Unchained. Mm-hmm. And that was about a revenge site. Yeah, it's a revenge Movie set in the slavery in the right. South during the yeah. slavery era. Les Miserables. Oh yeah, I did see that one. Yes, um, that's based on just the really fantastic Victor Hugo novel that was made into a French musical in nineteen eighty. It was such a big hit that they translated it to English mid eighties. Lots of attempts to bring it to the screen fell through, and then they. Vomited out this version in 2012. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So you didn't like this version? No. No, I, no, I, I don't. I, I really oh. kind of hate it, actually. Oh. And I think I, I remember did, liking it. Did you ever, what was, when you saw it, if you remember, what was your familiarity with the musical or the and I hadn't or seen the novel? The, I hadn't neither read the book nor seen the musical. Yeah, it's a very powerful story, and mm-hmm. the songs are great. So I can imagine if you're coming in fresh, that just, I could see people getting caught up in the story mm-hmm. and the music. But if you already kind of know the framework and are just seeing how it's brought to the screen, it's so it's so bad. But it was nominated. It's, yeah, I, um, yeah. Normally, I'll. Um, in the week we have to go over a new movie, I will rewatch one of the other nominees, mm-hmm. one I haven't seen or one I just want to revisit. And I actually rewatched this one. Did Even you? I didn't like it just because okay. I liked the play so much. And right. It's like, okay, that'll be easy to rewatch. And I think this might be my least favorite Best Picture nominee of all time. Wow. It's just, it's edited so hyperactively that it's just, it's, it's, it's a mess. And, like, it just never lets the material do its thing. Like, the Master of the House number, mm-hmm. I mean, you've got this great song that's just so, so fun and, and um, so rich in its comic lyrics, and you've got such talented people as Sasha Baron Cohen and Helena Bonham Carter, and it's just crammed with like, okay, here's here's a shot of them stealing money from people who are in the bathroom, and now they're pickpocketing people while they're having sex, and it's like every every shot is like a gag, and it's like mm-hmm. you have to do like a 
angle shot from like the high left corner and swooped down and was like, what, what are you doing? You just let the like have have faith in your material and and let let, let the story unfold. It's just it's, it's so bad. So you don't recommend this? I don't recommend it. <laughs> a lot of people like it. I I don't do that. Uh, yeah, and then there's the Life of Pi. Do you remember that? I remember that there was a movie Life of Pi, and it was yeah. a book. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a book. Um, a lion from tiger. tiger yeah. A tiger. Yeah. I don't know the story. I didn't see the movie. Yeah, I I wasn't a big fan. It looks great. Um, directed by um, ugly crouching tiger, hidden dragon, the sense of sensibility, uh, Brokeback Mountain, a lot of terrific movies. I I just don't. I don't really like the central conceit of the did it happen or not. You know, I haven't seen it in a while. You know, might be another case where I just wasn't in the right mood. Lincoln? Lincoln. I think you've seen Lincoln, right? I did see Lincoln. I saw it not that long ago. Streaming. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, Daniel Day-Lewis plays Lincoln, right. directed by Steven Spielberg. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a solid movie. Yeah, I again, I, I like uh, historical... What do you call yeah. them? I would call them a historical novel... Bi- yeah, or a biopic. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. A historical epic. Uh, mm-hmm. That one, I I, I kind of like that it's just it's about this one event getting the 13th Amendment passed. Mm-hmm. And it's more, it focuses on um, Lincoln's political side. Yeah. Of trying having, to make deals, which is just not a, a side that we normally see of him. Having said that, I don't remember it very well. But I remember. I'm not going to quiz you on it. Okay, good. Because... But the but I enjoyed it. Thirteenth Amendment does. Pass. I would watch it again. Yeah, that's a good thing. Yes, uh, Silver Linings Playbook. No, you haven't seen that. Have no, you heard of I, it? I've never oh. heard of it. Okay, uh, that's a comedy drama uh, about mental health. Uh, Bradley Cooper plays a guy who is coming out of treatment for bipolar disorder, and he's you know moves back in with his parents as he kind of adapts to life. And then um, strikes up a relationship with uh, Jennifer Lawrence. I think they're partners in a dance contest or something. Mm-hmm. It's been a while, but it's fine. It's good. Okay. Uh, Zero Dark Thirty is the last of the nominees. I've seen that one. You yeah, have? That's violent. Of course right? I yeah. saw that one, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. It's about seals. Right, well, yeah. yeah. My husband's a seal, so. Yes, we saw, we saw that in the theater when it right. came out. Okay. Do you like it? Um yeah, those are um those are a little those are a little hard, but you know, it, those are uh it it can be weird when you're watching it with uh, first of all when it's depicting sometimes people you know and oh, right. <laughs> and you're just looking at it uh from a different perspective and you're kind of so there's just there's some added yeah. there's some added things in there um, that it's you know it's probably most normal people wouldn't think that but yeah um, but I remember well, it being a good movie I uh, this was um Jessica Chastain plays the yeah, CIA Jessica Chastain. yeah I th- I thought she was that was very good I I can remember it yeah okay. at the 
Yeah, definitely the most, you know, they ended it with this, like all the guys that we've lost. and Right. Yeah. So that was, yeah, that was really powerful. But yeah, uh, we will see one of her movies. Um, the Hurt Locker one, Best Picture. Oh, okay. I've never seen that one. I, it won Best Picture. Yes. Okay. Wow. Well, I guess I'm gonna have to watch that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> of, of all the ones coming up, I wouldn't fear that one the most. <laughs> yeah. So those are the nominees again. It's That's EOD, just... right? EOD. Right. Army EOD. Is that what Hurt Locker is? Uh, are those the guys that defuse bombs? <laughs> yes. Okay. Let's put that. <laughs> Yes, Jeremy Renner from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Hawkeye. Oh, Hawkeye. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. He wasn't yeah. Hawkeye, though. Right. No, he wasn't Hawkeye, then. Um, so, yeah, that's the list of nominees. Again, you know, not the enthusiasm I had for 2010. Um, right. Yeah, I mentioned at, in that episode having worked on my best of the 2010s list and none of these made the cut. Right, and in 2010, three of, three of them did. Yeah, three of them made the top ten, yeah. And then even, I think Inception wasn't far from right. like that maybe an honorable honor. mention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so oh, it's a great list. Um, I don't know, we can do it now. I mean, Moonrise Kingdom is probably my favorite movie of the year. It's a Wesley Anderson movie. Um, not nominated. Not nominated. Uh, I think I had that. What was it? Twelve or thirteen. Moonrise Kingdom. It's a kind of a quirky comedy drama about a a troop in the sixties. A troop. Uh, Like a. It's not the Boy Scout. Like right, but he's uh, the kid is uh, part of a Boy Scout like troop. Okay, it's it's wonderful. So, uh, what's Argo about? Argo retells the story of a CIA operation to to bring um, a group of Americans out of Iran. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, that's essentially what it is. That's a, that's a good description. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, who's in it? Ben Affleck. Right. Yeah. And is there anybody else in it? Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, they've got um, some fun guys. They've got Sully. <laughs> yes, John Goodman. John Goodman, Sully from Monsters, Inc. And also Alan Arkin. Alan Arkin, yes. Yeah, yeah they're, they have fun, I mean, yeah. very supporting roles. But yeah, they were really fun. They I were like, fun. I love the music that came on the screen when they were on. Oh yeah, they had no, fun. They're, music they're a lot of fun. Um, yeah. yeah, and then just kind of um, like a lot of recognizable faces. Um, but Brian Cranston from uh, Breaking Bad. Laura said that I've never yeah. seen Breaking Bad. So. Yeah, I I don't think I had started watching Breaking Bad by the time the movie came out. So I was kind of delighted to see Brian Cranston. Okay, yeah. In it, Laura was a little disgusted that I didn't know him. Oh, he's great. You didn't, you didn't recognize him? Malcolm? I mean, I have, well, Malcolm in the Middle was kind of like 90s when you were. I <laughs> don't know him from Malcolm in the Middle. Um, I don't oh. know if I ever watched that. I'm sure I never watched that. Um, yeah, so. He's Jerry Seinfeld's dentist in Seinfeld. That's you what Laura said. <laughs> that's what Laura said. Yeah. So, that, okay. that, maybe I saw him in that. I don't know. 
Yeah. He looked vaguely familiar, but it wasn't this like, oh my gosh, this guy from Breaking Bad, which apparently I'm supposed to see. That's the That's meth great. one, right? Yeah, maybe once we get finished with the season. <laughs> and we'll watch all the meth we'll movies. all the uh, Breaking Bad episodes. Um, <laughs> so what did you think of Argo? Um, I like Argo. Um, I do like it. I th- I think it's a I think it's a good movie. It's um it's an interesting watch for me. Yeah, because why not get into it, right? <laughs> if you want to, <laughs> I'm not yes. Yeah. So, um, a million years ago, but really not not as long ago as this. So my history is that uh, is that I was held hostage you know, in a foreign government. Right. So it's different. You know, this was in Panama. Right. And so in Operation Just Cause was as a result of what the Panamanian Defense Forces um, did to myself and to my husband. And um, anyway, so it was big trauma. It's now, you know, how long ago? This is 30-some years ago now. Yeah. You know, I went 20 years and I didn't talk about it, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's a ways in the past. So right. it, when I watch a movie like this, um, obviously, it's I don't want to equate what we went through in Panama with what, you know, we were held hostage for hours, not, you know, uh, months, right. like many, many months, like the other people, even the, the people the, in this. Um, right. Technically not well, hostages, the, these, but... But the other ones were, were yeah. held hostage. Oh, yeah. yeah. For 444 days. Yeah, so I don't want to equate it with that. Right. I also don't want to equate the Panamanians with, you know, the Iranians at that time. Because if I'm going to choose, you go be held hostage somewhere, I'd, I'd rather go be held hostage in Panama than, okay. <laughs> than in there. But No offense <clears throat> to the Persian people. <laughs> no, no oh, it's just but... that seemed more... I don't know, beheading likely, right. but particularly how it's depicted in the movie. Be, particularly how it's depicted. Yeah, I have no about, idea but, what there yeah. is there. I don't know, but anyway, having said that, it mm-hmm. was a major international incident. It, mm-hmm. um, I was very, I was twenty two at the time, so um, and it was a, it was a very terrifying experience that I suffered a lot of uh, PTSD for. Right. Uh, years afterwards and you know still an operational human being but one thing I wouldn't do you know when we talk about I don't like violent movies a lot of it is because of this you know I don't you know there was I don't I didn't like guns before that really didn't like guns (laughs) after after my experience uh, there so it's interesting watching Argo because Despite the differences, there's a lot of there's still a lot of similarities. You know, the uh, part of it is just you just kind of relive some of the emotions. Not at the I can't recall terror like I used to be able to, but um, you it's it's almost in a funny way. So we were watching it, my husband and I, with um, our oldest daughter Laura, and just so people know, she's not like a deadbeat. Her husband's deployed, and she's a doc. <laughs> so she's at her house a lot right now. 
That's... Anyway, but um, so Laura was laughing watching it with not us. Not that anyone out there whose kids are still living at home. <laughs> We're not calling beats. your kids dead beats. Thank you. Yes. Or at least I'm not. That's... Right. If they're 31 and still almost 32 and, and still they're living at home, that's fine. It's totally fine. It's not our place to judge. Yeah, it's, this could be a political issue. I don't know, right? But, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, for whatever reason, but... Anyway, so Laura was watching it with us last night, and she was just like, you guys are so weird because we're, you know, analytical. It's just, we, you know, things would happen, and it's just like, oh, wow. Yeah, that is, when when it starts escalating like that, you know, we just, I don't know, the way we talk about it is we have some insider language between the two of us, and Laura's just next to us saying, "Yeah, it's so, it's so odd. But anyway... Yeah, so when I do watch a movie like this, it bring it does bring up a lot, right? Um, but uh, but at least I am able to watch these these movies now. Yeah. So, but definitely, especially that sense of when they're looking out the window and it's there's a mob building. Our mob wasn't nearly as big as that. Ours right. was, you know, we got surrounded by maybe forty people when they were going to the bazaar. No, 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 no. I'm talking about when at the very, with the, um, the embassy. Oh, okay, right, you know, okay. Right, yeah. they start to have a mob, and they're just looking with concern at that, and it's right, just okay, this. I see. You know, I've been through that escalation of like, okay, this doesn't seem like a good situation, and then this un, good situation just get just starts, getting worse and worse and worse until it's just like unthinkable. And so those are the emotions that are, you know, that are easy to go through and, and relive with this. And I, I thought that they uh, did a good job of kind of depicting them, you know, just looking out, being concerned, but not going, you know, all yeah, I, not expecting things to get as bad as they did. One of the things that I kind of liked about Relate... Ben Affleck did it. He's the director as well. Is he the director? Okay. Um, I don't want to like Ben Affleck, but this was really good. I thought. Yeah, I don't want to like him at some point either. And and yeah, interesting figure. Yeah. Um, So what was? Oh, I like the way he kind of juxtaposes, kind of approaches the. CIA scenes with a different style than the Iranian scenes, which is much more of like a verite documentary style, where the when even when the escapees are just kind of in hiding together, it, the camera's almost like a fly on the wall, like uh, it's very realistic, and you know those scenes are also punctuated like with newsreel footage and things yeah. like that. And then you get, when you go to America, you got like a lot of the more punchy dialogue and the, you know, West Wing style walk and talk. Um, you know, oh, it's much uh, more kind of a, a, a more theatrical style or more um, more stylized than you get there. <clears throat> Do you think it's because it's really, they're not really telling the story of, you know, the bulk of hostages that were taken for 444 days and yeah. it's, it's on um, this other group? 
Well, what I liked about that was how it kind of sets those six aside, like they feel like real people and not just, you know, addition, additional members of the cast. They kind of feel authentic in a way that the others, while they're based on real people, uh, kind of, you know, are, are much more there for entertainment or like, like lighten things up. You have like, you know, punchy dialogue, which is entertaining, but it's not like what people will say that, you know, this is, of all the bad ideas we have, this is the best bad idea. You <laughs> yeah. know, this yes, kind of, yes, um, yes. Stuff, you know, <laughs> if, you know, if I'm going to make a fake movie, it's going to be a fake hit. And yeah. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like, especially things like that. It's You don't, you don't see the, those six, talking line you know everything's very grounded and, and realistic and they're not all that recognizable okay i mean they're not they're not nobody's tate donovan and scoot mcnary and, and like character actors mm-hmm. but, um oh, nobody yeah. that you would look like kind of stop and say oh, that's not you know they're, they're not that recognizable right yeah, so I like that. It's interesting with your perspective because one of the criticisms that the movie gets is the uh, there's several inaccurate things in the movie, and one of it is that really layers on a lot of obstacles, especially as it goes towards the um, the climax of the movie, where I think in in real life the mission pretty much went off. As, as planned and um, wasn't as dramatic as depicted with the, um, you know, Iranians putting together the um, uh, shredded documents and being right yeah. on their tail and then the mission getting canceled and all, all of this stuff right. and the plane tickets, you know, needing to, mm-hmm. so what's, what's the president's school's name or, or the chief of staff? where their kids go to school, that type right. of stuff. Yeah, 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 they didn't. Uh, but uh, what I liked about that is that it really, I think, kind of puts you in the heads of these people more so than whatever if you just depicted it going off because in in their mind, and you can probably speak to it better than I can, but I would think that they're imagining, like, they don't know that this stuff isn't going on. Right. And so it kind of puts you in their headspace when they get that we're leaving Iranian airspace. Exactly. And absolute yeah. relief that they have. Yeah, because you're going to you're gonna miss a lot of it if, you know, yeah. when yeah. everything so, goes well. Yeah, so I see that as more depicting the things that these people must be terrified of, going on behind the scenes yeah because if you if they you know the downside if they get caught is death bad (laughs) you know it's really tremendous i it makes sense to me that they would um that they would build it that way because it's it's especially when you're watching a hollywood movie because it's that's the bummer about when you're you know when you're in that space You know, because you don't know how it's going to end yeah. up. You know, you're just like, I don't. Yeah, their firing squad scene 
was really poignant. Oh, yeah. When they were like pretending to do that, because they did that to us. Um, and, you know. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. The, mm-hmm. the sort of the fake firing squad to get you to, you know, and that's, um, they didn't put the hoods on us, right? But a hood is a good way to depict it, I think, to get the audience. Uh, because right. when you're actually the one there, you know, it's, yeah. it's very dramatic. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's it's high, it's it's high tension. So, yeah, I, I um, yeah, so that doesn't, that doesn't bother me. No, then. yeah. I, I will say the one part of that does, that I would object to is the whole thing about the mission getting canceled. It's just such a cliche from every cop movie, you know, that gets to the, you know, 20 minutes towards the end and it's like you're being pulled off the case. And so it's just such a predictable thing. And in that particular instance, it had the effect of kind of pulling me out of the movie where it's like, okay, well, this CIA guy isn't just going to call an audible with the, you know, because as they presented it, the Joint Chiefs is going to plan a rescue mission. And so it's like, well, there's so much, there's plenty going on that you don't need to, like, ask me to believe that this one guy is just going to, like, make an executive decision. Like, okay, I'm going ahead with this best bad idea despite what the chief of staff or the joint chiefs is going to do. We had a lot of discussion about this, Adam and myself, because it, <clears throat> I didn't go back and look up the timing of this, but, you know, that's a real op. What? It, you know, that op went bad. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, was, as a matter of fact, that's, I think it's as a result of how badly that op went that they developed the Special Operations Command. So now instead of having, you know, just the SEAL command and just, you know, so all the different special operations forces, they, um, anyway, this neither here nor there. But anyway, it's uh, it's something that we, it's something that I'm well aware of as, uh, you know, this is a very, you know, as soon as they said that, oh boy, you're really going to have to edit this big. But <clears throat> anyway, uh-huh. that when they were talking about that, Adam was saying like, you have to stand down, <laughs> you know? And I'm well, like, yeah. no, don't let them stand down because I know what's going to happen to that. That's It's going to fail. You do that, and then they're all going to die. And he's just like, well, he doesn't know that at this point. Well, no, he doesn't know that. <laughs> and I'm like, no, yeah. you, you can't. Don't do not do that. And I thought that was um, – but it was interesting that – Well, they, and he just calls his boss and hangs up on him. Like, he doesn't know what – I mean, he could have been left there without tickets, plane tickets. Right. You know, so I just thought, like, there was so much tension created apart from that. The movie doesn't need it, and it's it's such a cliche. Yeah. Uh, you know, I know that there's actual events behind it, but it's putting these events in the context of a, a tired cop movie cliche. Right. Of, and it also does the same thing, we've talked about this in other movies, of, of you know, the way they portray the military and... You know, there in every movie you gotta have somebody's gotta, you know, buck the brass. You oh know, yeah, in order to be, ups. you know, yeah. a really and because they never, you know, they never get it. Now there would have been, I imagine, real tension, you know, 
between yeah, I mean, them. I, I don't know that that's specifically for the military. You may be more sensitive to that, but it's it like any cop movies, like it's, I think just authority in general. It's yeah, easier right. to make okay, those right. villains. But yeah, so you've got a. The guy torn on the ground making the decisions. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, especially the, you know, the cool guy that we've, you know, that's where the real wisdom lies. And sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't. But um, but I, it it is interesting. Why didn't they, because they could have. Well, they didn't they actually. The, the mission wasn't canceled, at least not at that point. Mm-hmm. There was, at one point, Carter called it off and was convinced to put it back on, but that was before uh, the um, Tony got, was even in Iran. Okay. So, so they're probably. So I guess the question I would have is why not do the call it off and put it back on? But it is an interesting thing to bring up, at least, that, you know, I don't know if it yeah, was. Yeah, I, I didn't really love it. just kind of took me out of the movie the way it was depicted as, like, you're told to stand down and that there is this other rescue mission going on. And it's like, okay, he's not actually just going to, like, you know, as I said, call an audible or yeah, I, I mean, I I just think that that was not necessary. Yeah, I just you know for me it was just when they said you know wait for this other op and I was just like no, that one's gonna fail. Don't do that one. Yeah, well but, I don't really know anything about that one. Um, I mean I know that there were a lot of failures that led into that. Um, yeah, uh, that whole political situation for Jimmy Carter um, in a bad couple of years with that. Yeah. Uh, w- one thing that I was very, I could identify with, or I really appreciated in this movie, was how you had these regular people mm-hmm. who found themselves in this situation and you know when he and I don't know if this is how it really happened, but the the fact that they had to go through, so they weren't really being held hostage, but they had to get through the airport, right? And they had to be these other people when they get yes. through the airport, and so it's like, okay, now you're going to have to. You're not an actor. You're not a spy, but you have to get through. You know, here's your the cover that we're giving you. Right. And you have to learn that and be able to just live this under pressure. And, you know, just seeing these, them rise to the challenge of doing that. I just love, you know, seeing ordinary people do what I, I mean, personally, I think they're extraordinary things just because, you know, because I was that ordinary person, just a little twenty-two-year-old girl knew nothing, right. and you know was able to best interrogators. You know, after many hours of of just you know with no training, you know. So I just I like I don't know I, I've I remember how yeah. that felt to you know that sort of victory, and so when they're on the you know where they were able to do that, I was just like rooting for them. Like, you can do this. I knew you can do this. <laughs> I don't know. It was, yeah. Yeah. It brings up a whole lot of interesting things, but. 
yeah, you know, it, it's an exciting movie. Um, I definitely like it. I, I think it's a little superficial, I think, in the sense that it's really only concerned with the danger of the situation and the ridiculous soundingness of the idea. And I kind of do wish it, it got it more into the details of what actually was pulled off. Like, I'm so entertained by Arkin and Goodman that I really just want to know, like, what did, so what did they do besides, like, calling the press conference and making... Like, I, I think the movie would have benefited if it had, at, at some point, at least taken the time to show us what what is a real... Like what happens on these um, location shoots or scouting shoots? Like what's what's like when George Lucas wanted to shoot Star Wars in Tunisia, no wars going on there. Like what's the normal process so that we know specifically like what events we're trying to fake so that we may get a sense of the things that can go wrong. Whereas it just it's almost just kind of skids over the surface mm-hmm. of it. And I, I, I prefer, it's just a little superficial in that way. I, I don't think that's necessarily a, a bad thing because what it does, it does very well. Mm-hmm. It's just, like maybe as I said with the King's Speech, just a, 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 a low level of difficulty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm not going to. You know, probably on all these hostage movies. I don't know if there's other ones that we have to do, but yeah, I don't. I don't know if I have a real. You know, yeah. I'm kind of watching it in a different in a different way. I do have to say, I was terribly entertained by all of the John Goodman, Alan Arkin. Yeah, well, that's what I kind of wish so, that it was more consequential. It or... was, and it was a nice um, tension breaker. And it made, who are these people in my life? It was. Um, the Alan Arkin character is a composite of several different people. Uh, John Chambers is an actual um, makeup artist who uh, did um, Planet of the Apes. Okay. Who won an Oscar for Planet of the Apes. Well, why did they need a makeup artist? Well, that's what, yeah, that's what I'm getting at is that we don't, I mean, they they use one, but it's like, what? What they use it for? Yeah. Like what? What? What exactly are they faking? Other than, like they said, okay, like, you know, my lesson from Rock Hudson was use the press to sell a lie. But it's like, okay, well, how's that helping you with the Iranians? And like, okay, you're gonna get an article in Variety. But it's it, wouldn't that create more skepticism? Like, if, if the Iranians are looking into it, seeing that the only article there's an article published last week but then nothing else on this movie prior to that well, you know obviously i mean they did do something substantial because it mm-hmm. did work mm-hmm. they had the guy at the airport reading the article yes which had a ad for a best picture winner that we're going to get to did you notice that? no uh, there was an ad for kramer versus kramer Oh, and then, wow. But then, We're expecting so, that to be our first from the 70s. Oh, uh, you are. I picked Patton. Oh, that's right. Uh, but we'll see. I think there's like... 
three vulnerable ones from the 70s. So okay. That, we'll see. They're, they're, everything from the 70s is making the top 59. Yeah. Uh, so but, he was a composite. Yeah. Um, I thought he was going to be like, they talked about him being like a Lifetime Award guy. Yeah, I mean, he's getting a Lifetime Achievement Award, but I mean, just as a, he's a generic producer. Okay. Hollywood gives out awards all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Hence why so, we're here, right? Yeah. So then, because then, like, when you get to that really good scene where, where you have Scoot McNary character um, going through the storyboards and just, like, getting really into it and just kind of out of nowhere... Just you know, I think that oh, that right. might have hit home a bit more if like we had known these various plot points from the movie, but that's where we see kind of how it all comes together. So you know, but I mean, I think as it is, it's it's fine, and it's kind of I, th- I think it could have uh, dug a little deeper, but you know, just kind of minor criticisms, and again. Uh, that's a fairly weak year of nominees, in my opinion. What do you so think far. would have been the biggest competition for it? Lincoln. Yeah, it's kind of a weird year because this came out probably in um, November. Mm-hmm. And it's, it doesn't really feel like a typical Oscar winner, but it's just nothing really materialized. I mean, Lincoln got great reviews. But it's also, is, is, is this going to be Spielberg's other Best Picture winner? I mean, it seems it's, it's not. Mm-hmm. As a Spielberg movie, I don't know. I mean, it probably not. I, I like Lincoln a lot. I don't think it would rank in his top ten. And it's like, okay, if we're going to award him again... Maybe he's a little better than Lincoln. <laughs> you know, nothing against that, but I just yeah. don't. I think the most of the enthusiasm was around Daniel Day Lewis's performance, which did win in in Lincoln oh, as right. Lincoln, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, you know, and there was a lot of acclaim for Silver Linings Playbook, but it just never really materialized. And Zero Dark Thirty, they're like going in before it was released. The um, Universal was really pushing Les Mis. And then the reviews were not great when it came out and just kind of fizzled. And then, um, yeah, it, when the nominations came out, for, uh, Argo got <laughs> only seven. So, but it was still kind of, that was actually in fourth. Lincoln got 12, Life of Pi got 11. Um, Les Mis and Silver Linings Playbook each got eight. Uh, so it was like only the fifth most nominations, but then like the, none of the others felt like they had the momentum. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of a weird year. Mm-hmm. Ben Affleck was snubbed for director's nomination. Okay. So that's this is only the. Was he snubbed or do you. Well, I mean, he didn't get nominated. But at that point, this is only the fourth movie to win Best Picture without a director nomination. Oh, um, okay. Wings didn't get one. That was a, a weird mm-hmm. year. It was, it was right. the first year. Um, Grand Hotel, as we said, was the only movie to win Best Picture without getting nominated for anything else. Mm-hmm. And then Driving Miss Daisy 
to that. Okay. So yeah. it's very so it's, weird. So I mean, it is two so right at the very beginning of the Oscars. So essentially, mm-hmm. just Driving Miss Daisy is the only okay. one. Okay. Uh, so it was like, well, can it win without a director nomination? But then, Les Mis and Zero Dark Thirty were also snubbed for best director. So mm-hmm. yeah, it was just like no, no big winner. So what was it nominated for? Are we allowed to uh, well, talk about it, that? Well, it did get one acting nomination. Can you guess? A supporting actor? Yes. For? Um, well, it's one of the two. <laughs> yes. John Goodman? Nope. Alan Arkin? Alan Arkin, yeah. yes. Yeah, he lost to Christoph Waltz for Django Unchained. Okay. Uh, yeah, it also won for the screenplay. All right. It was nominated for the score. I really liked the score. Yeah, I liked it too. I, I, I lost to Life of Pi. Okay, I don't normally notice those things, but they, I, have, yeah. I don't know, they were good at getting the right emotion at the right times. Yeah. Which I guess is their job, right? Right. Uh, sound editing lost to uh, a very rare tie. Between Skyfall and Zero Dark Thirty. Skyfall? Mm-hmm. The um... James Bond movie. Oh. Yeah. Uh, sound mixing at Lost to Les Mis. I like Skyfall too. Yeah. Are we going to have any James Bond movies? No. 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 Nope. Is that a silly question? Jen? That's not a silly question. Okay. But no, definitely not. Daniel uh, Craig is my favorite. One best film editing. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's pretty much it. Those are at seven. Uh, yeah. So there we are. Yeah. Anything else to say about Argo? No, I don't. I don't think so. And the only thing I would say is that so it came last week. We watched Dances with Wolves. Yeah. Um, I kind of enjoyed this better. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I think we're moving in the right direction. Yeah, we're ten movies into it. I still um, think Chicago so, is better. Yeah. Okay. Well, this might be a good time if you want to um, since we're 10 movies in, um, I can check into how, because I've been ranking them as I've gone okay. through, so yeah. I can just give um, well, I won't make you do it if you don't. Yeah. Chicago is your favorite. Yeah. I've, well, I'm just having trouble forgetting uh, okay, so we had Wings. So the ones that we've reviewed are mm-hmm. Wings, The Last Emperor, Mrs. Miniver, um, My Fair Lady, um, um, Hamlet, mm-hmm. Chicago, A Man for All Seasons, The King's Speech, Dances with Wolves, and Argo. Yeah. So I would say that um, Chicago and A Man for All Seasons are definitely my favorites okay. among those. Yeah. And then Dances with Wolves is my least favorite. Right. Well, yeah. With with Last The Last Emperor, maybe. And then um yeah, the other ones were Um but prepared to say nothing you would say is a bad movie so far. Dances what? with Wolves is you said that two thirds was very good, and then two thirds yeah, is yeah. very good. Yeah, but it really we'll, is. We'll, um, 
They'll simmer on. Now there, I wouldn't. There's nothing like so the movies that I've really like. Yeah. Mars Attacks. It's one that I really don't like. Sorry. <laughs> I have to apologize. To okay. Uh, um, so, so no, nothing like that. Yeah, just to go through the ones that I have in descending order. Um, Cimarron, Braveheart, The Greatest Show on Earth, Around the World in 80 Days, The Broadway Melody, Out of Africa, Green Book, Crash, The Great Zegfield, Going My Way. That's the bottom ten so far. Might be getting to a point where might, uh, you're going to have a hard time getting to movies that will knock any of those so what's your favorite out of... The top out of... Oh, I'm still going. Okay, sorry. Those were just the bottom ten. And All then right. we get to Tom Jones, Cavalcade, Shape of Water, The English Patient, Driving Miss Daisy, Gigi, Dances with Wolves, A Beautiful Mind, The King's Speech, Oliver, The Last Emperor, All of the King's Men, Argo, Gentleman's Agreement, uh, My Fair Lady, and then the top ten so far in descending order is, as I have it, is The Life of Emile Zola, Hamlet, Terms of Endearment, Chariots of Fire, Grand Hotel, Wings, Man for All Seasons, Mrs. Miniver, Chicago, and Shakespeare in Love. Wow. Uh, so that's how it stands at through 60. With, okay. Yeah. All right, yeah, that seems like I don't have any big and, you know, the lists are the hobgoblin of little minds. It's That's right. Out. This is what we're doing here. Yeah. Uh, you want to see what's number 59? I do. Where we're in we? the 50s. I think the list, yeah. yeah, the list is over here. In the 50s. And we both have to pick new ones because neither of us got Argo. can pick first. Do you need to so see your list? Uh, no, I know what I'm going to pick unless you steal it from me. I'll say... Oh, man, I don't know. So you already have Kramer versus Kramer, right? I have Kramer versus Kramer, Marty, yes. Nomadland, uh-huh. and Birdman. A Birdman. So I'm going to add to that. The Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance? Yes, The Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance from 2014. Do you know anything about it? (laughs) No. Okay. I hadn't heard about it, but it's It's an interesting guess. It's very polarizing. Oh, is it? It's on my my list here. Yeah, I think it's one that could come up soon or it could come up 20 weeks from now. Okay. I'm going to say... To add to my list here, Ordinary People. Okay. That wasn't going to be my pick, but... Uh, so that's... Uh, yeah, I think we might be getting to it. Um, so, to refresh mine, I had the artist I picked way back on our My Fair Lady episode. Way back. Yeah. Way back. And it's actually a movie that I like, so... And what, because what you said at that point was yeah. you're expecting it to drop. You've been expecting it to drop. I and, have been expecting it for a while. And now that's like how many movies ago? That's like yeah, that's, most of ten movies ago. 
Yeah. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, I mean, two more movies of, of the 2010s have dropped since then. Um, yeah, maybe I'm just don't have my finger on the pulse because I just people seem not to like it. And I, anyways, the artist, the patent is the one I picked from the 70s. Mm-hmm. I picked American Beauty as kind of a stretch pick. And then I picked You Can't Take It With You. Mm-hmm. I really do think it's going to be one of those four, but I have to okay. pick a new one. And what did I pick? Oh, uh, Ots is still sitting there at seven, right? Seven left? Yep. There's a few that from there that could... I'm going to go with Gladiator. Gladiator. I almost picked that one. All right. What's it going to be? Typing in. We're into the 50s now. I know. 59. 59. Oh, I was going to pick Coda. Coda. I almost yeah. picked that one. Yeah, I was gonna. It's well, I have no idea since the these recent ones, I just don't know like what the yeah what the consensus is. So Coda is yeah. last year. This it's is the, the last... most recent Best Picture winner. So mm-hmm. uh, oh, have you seen it? No, I don't know anything about it. Oh, what's well, it about? Enjoy it. Just watch it. Uh, anyways, we'll, we'll figure that out. So next week, we'll be back to talk about Coda, the first movie from the 2020s. Okay. I'll go into it blind. Yes. And it's all capital letters. I wonder what that means. All capital letters. Well, just watch the movie. Okay. You'll find out. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.